0: You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, and now your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first mini-sode brought to you by Prickly and Blooming. Um, We're going to do a little dive into some Texas history today. This will be the first in hopefully a series about the women of in our Texas history. We're going to start off with um, someone I mentioned on last week's episode when I was talking to Amanda that Barbara Jordan would be the place I wanted to start. So we're starting with Barbara. Um, So I'm going to start with a quote of hers. Quote. Earlier today, we heard the beginning of the preamble to the Constitution of the United States. We the people. It is a very eloquent beginning, but when the document was completed on the 17th of September, 1787, I was not included in that. We the people. I felt somehow for many years that George Washington and Alexander Hamilton just left me out by mistake. But through the process of amendment, interpretation, and court decision, I have finally been included in We the People. Today, I'm an inquisitor. I believe hyperbole would not be fictional and we would not overstate the solemnness that I feel right now. My faith in the Constitution is whole. It is complete. It is total. I'm not going to sit here and be an idle spectator to the diminution, the subversion, and the destruction of the Constitution." unquote. That was Barbara Jordan on July 25th, 1974. So I really wish that you could have heard the speech and her voice, but I don't know how to use that audio legally. So I just had to read the quote. (laughs) This quote was taken from Barbara's speech at the beginning of President Richard Nixon's, Nixon's impeachment hearings. And this speech was broadcast across the country. And Barbara was able to reach millions of people in their homes watching, you know, Very closely to impeachment hearings. But before, like, before we talk about that moment, I I need to, like, kind of start back where Barbara started, you know, when she was born and where she went to school and all these things. So I just want to start with that quote, though, because it's it's probably the most well-known moment in her career. There's another well-known moment when she gave the um, her speech at the 1976 Democratic National Convention, but I wanted to start with that one because it was it was a very much a national moment that everyone was wrapped paying attention to the impeachment hearings. Um, But let's go back and um, let's hear Barbara's story Um, again. I'm not a historian, I'm not a researcher, I am not a student. I am I've got books in front of me. I. Um, I'm using some web articles and I will link to all of this that I've used, um, to give me the information to share with you today. I'm a novice and I'm just want to learn. I just want to learn some Texas history and maybe do too. And so come on and join me. Let's, uh, let's hear about, um, Barbara Jordan. So Barbara Charlene Jordan was born in Houston on February 21st, 1936, She was the youngest of three daughters born to Benjamin and Arlene Jordan. Benjamin was a Baptist minister, and her mother was a teacher in the church. Barbara grew up in Houston's Fifth Ward, a predominantly Black neighborhood. She attended Robertson Elementary School and Phyllis Wheatley High School. Barbara was inspired to become a lawyer herself after Edith Sampson spoke during a career day at her high school. Sampson was a Black female lawyer from Chicago. After graduating in the top 5% of her high school, Barbara wanted to study law at the University of Texas at Austin, but at the time, which was 1952, University of Texas at Austin did not allow black students to attend. Barbara instead attended Texas Southern University in Houston. She graduated magna cum laude in 1956. Continuing on her path, she was not deterred to become a lawyer. Jordan traveled north, landing at Boston University School of Law. In 1959, she graduated from Boston University and passed the bar in both Massachusetts and Texas that year. She, I'll just take a moment, Massachusetts, Texas connection. I got, uh, I have the same. (laughs) Massachusetts and Texas. She taught political science at Tuscany Institute in Alabama for one year following um, graduation from law school. Then, and this is such a familiar theme that we've had in the show, she returned to Texas. So in 1967, she came back to Houston and established her law practice out of her family's home. At the same time, she got involved in a voter registration efforts in 1960 and got the the taste, the, the bite of politics. And Barbara Jordan decided to run for the Texas House of Representatives. She lost twice. Um, and the third time was her charm, though. Um, but after two unsuccessful bids for the Texas House of Representatives, she actually was elected into the Texas Senate in 1966. With her eloquent, straightforward, and style, and extensive knowledge of the law, Barbara Jordan earned a deep respect from her 30 white male colleagues. She served in the Texas Senate for six years, and in March 1972, during a special session, special session—it's so hard to say—special session of the Texas Legislature. Senator Jordan was unanimously chosen president pro tempore, an honor never before given to any black woman in any state. In this position, according to Texas tradition, she served as governor for a day on June 10th, 1972. Uh, Technically, this day made her the first black female governor in U.S. history, which, as you know, we still have not had a black female governor in the United States as of press time in 2021, September of 2021. After much success in the state legislature, she was ready to run for national office, She won in a landside victory her bid for the U.S. House of Representatives from Texas. So in 1972, Jordan was the first black woman ever elected to Congress from the South. She was not the first ever that honor went to Shirley Chisholm of New York, and that was in 1969. So she was the first black woman from the South to ever work and be elected, I believe, both, (laughs) into the U.S. House of Representatives. Just weeks before his death in 1973, former president Lyndon Johnson recommended Barbara for the appointment to the house judiciary commission committee. Let's rewind a little bit. Barbara had um, formed a bond in relationship with um, LBJ when she went to the white house in 1967 to attend a meeting, to discuss the upcoming legislation specifically. It was the fair housing act and Johnson and Jordan. I am assuming um, bond started because of shared Texas identity. Like, you know, as we've, as we've talked before, when when Texans are outside of Texas, they really do bond together. So I'm sure Johnson and Jordan's relationship started with, hey, we're both Texans. I doubt it came out like that, but you get what I'm saying. So this position on the House Judiciary Comisi- Committee launched Barbara into the national spotlight when this committee had the task of voting upon the impeachment of President Nixon. This investigation and the hearings and everything, as we're all familiar with, this has happened again in history, were all televised. And this was back in the 70s, so when something was on television, there was one or three stations, so it reached a lot of people. And so Barbara's speech propelled her into a national spotlight, whereas previously she had been known to people in Texas. This speech that I quoted earlier as part of the um, Judiciary Committee's opening sentiments that night propelled Barbara as kind of a, as a national figure. Uh, this this Watergate speech um, that I mentioned that we quoted, and it remains the most well known of her political career. But I want to give you some highlights, you know, of, of other work that she did. Uh, she supported the Community Reinvestment Act of 1977. This legislation required banks to lend and make services available to underserved, poor, and minority communities. She supported the renewal of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 and the expansion of the act to cover language minorities. This extended protection to Hispanics in Texas. She also authored an act that ended federal authorization of price fixing by manufacturers. She was also a proponent of the Equal Rights Amendment and issued a statement in support of extending this deadline in 1979. During Jordan's tenure as a congresswoman, she sponsored or co-sponsored over 300 bills of resolutions, several of which are still in effect today. By 1978, though, uh, complications and pain from her um, diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, uh, she was diagnosed in 1973, but by 1978, the complications from the diagnosis kept her from returning to a strenuous strenuous position of serving in the U.S. Senate. Um, So she went on to retire from political life and came back to Texas and took a position teaching at UT Austin. Yep, the same college that she couldn't attend in the 50s because she was a black woman. Uh, Barbara taught at UT School of Public Affairs until her death at the age of 59. She passed away from complications um, from pneumonia on January 17th, 1966, um, just short, as I said, of her 60th birthday. She would have been 60 in February. The U.S. National Archives described Barbara Jordan as the first LGBTQ plus woman in Congress as well. Jordan's partner of approximately 20 years was named nancy Earle, an educational psychologist who met jordan on a camping trip in the late 1960s earl was an occasional speechwriter for jordan and later cared for jordan when she began to suffer from multiple sclerosis um, while the houston chronicle obituary of jordan identified earl as her longtime companion quote-unquote other sources have stated that earl was jordan's same-sex partner neither woman is known to have politically publicly stated that the two had a romantic relationship Over her lifetime, Barbara received many honors, awards, and distinctions. She received 31 honorary doctorate degrees. Um, The main terminal at the Austin-Bergstrom International Airport is named after her. Um, There's also a statue of her at that airport uh, by artist Bruce Wolfe. In the early 1990s, popular Texas columnist Molly Ivins quipped that because of her resonant and commanding voice, she would be the ideal choice to play the role of God Almighty in a Hollywood movie. (laughs) This description... The voice of God became permanently associated with Barbara's name, especially with her students from that moment on. This is only a brief 10-minute um, history lesson into Barbara Jordan. There's so much more to learn and know about her, but I wanted to keep it short. So if you're interested, um, I used Wikipedia A page about Barbara Jordan. Um, There, I will link to all these um, in the show notes. There's a history.com article about her. I have two books in front of me: "Bold Women in Texas History" and "Black Texas Women." "Black Texas Women" is by Ruth Weingarten, and "Bold Women in Texas History" is by Don Blevins. I will link all of the stuff in the show notes, and I hope you learned a little something today. And maybe um, you go learn some more about Barbara Jordan. And I am excited to dive into this topic of the women of Texas history. And thanks for coming. I'll talk to you all next week.